What up, everybody? This is Lewis Mercedes. Welcome to this edition of AYNE. Are you not entertained? Is this not why you're here? It is Super Bowl Sunday, Sunday, February 4th, 2018. Wings, sliders, beer, oh my. Yes, this is a very unorthodox edition of AYNE because I'm recording on a Sunday, literally a couple of hours away from the Super Bowl. And with me, I have my boy, my best friend from Purchase College. Well, from the Purchase College days, Eric Burgos, a.k.a. DJ Enigma. How you feeling, man? Good, good. What up, bro? I'm sorry. I've been trying to get on this on your uh, podcast for a while, but I've been so busy. A quick side note for all of you guys that I consider my brothers and my other best friends. Y'all all are my best friends, too. So when you listen to this, don't take offense. All right. I don't take I don't put one over the other. One friend doesn't take precedence over the other. Y'all are my best friend. But anyway, yo, so what's up, man? Uh, any Super Bowl predictions today? I'm going to say Eagles, man. You can't ask me that. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to let the audience know that Eric is, he's actually the only Eagles fan that I know. Well, diehard Eagles fan that I know of because I live in Houston, so there's no Eagles fans over here. And when I ask people, oh, who are you going for in the Super Bowl? They're just like, eh, I don't care. I don't care for either team. So that's that's the interesting thing. But what I are your Super Bowl plans? I will say that the Eagles are the only team. Well, the Patriots are the only team that can make people like the Eagles because people hate the Patriots so much that they want the Eagles to demolish them. And I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly okay with that. That means more good juju for my team. As you know, we uh, we went to the Super Bowl in 2004 against the same yeah. team, and we lost by a field goal. And right now... We're worlds apart from that team in 2004. We're much better, a lot more dominant. Um, we actually just won uh, best offensive line for the NFL this year, which is great because uh, Patriots are really poised and good. And you know, when you play somebody with that much experience, that's been in the the big you know the big show this many times, you want all of the help that you can get. So having the best O line is like. A big deal. We can protect our quarterback. You know, our quarterback situation, you know, Carson Wentz is, is down. So all we have is Nick Foles. And I don't want to, like, kind of undermine Nick Foles, who used to be our starter. But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> now that we got the protection that we need, I think we're good. Nick Foles played legendarily last game. I think he played completely poised, completely patient, didn't seem nervous at all. Uh, Good, man. I, mean, I don't want to sound cocky at all, but I think we stand a really good chance. Normally, I'd be like, you know, I'm kind of nervous, but I'm not. See, this is why you're the perfect you're the perfect guest to have on this podcast when we're talking about football, because I'm what you call a casual fan. So I only watch here and there. I follow a little bit of the standings throughout the seasons, but I don't catch every game or even every other game. But I'm more in tune to what's happening during the postseason. So I've been pretty much up to date with quarterback situations and injuries and things like that. But I totally agree with you. If anybody can make someone hate the Patriots or root against the Patriots, it's the Eagles or or the Giants, any, anybody from uh, that neck of the woods. So I, I personally think that the Eagles have a good chance, but we are talking about Tom Brady. When Matt Ryan and the Falcons got comfortable a year ago, we also... So yeah, Matt Ryan and the Falcons, sorry, technical difficulties. Matt Ryan, they got comfortable last year and they got too comfortable where Tom Brady capitalized on that after the, in, during the second half and uh, they pulled off one of the most I have a theory about that but go ahead yeah they pulled off one of the most impressive comebacks that I've seen in a Super Bowl game but what's your theory on that by, by all means am I not a conspiracy theorist when it comes to football but I don't know I, when it comes to the Patriots there's so much slack that they get you know like 
and not not to be confused with flack like people always criticizing them i mean they people do not in terms of like regulations the nfl does not come down on them as hard as any other team would have been for example when we did play the patriots in 2004 there was a whole scandal the whole spygate scandal where they were accused of going to our our camps and you know spying on our, our practices and you know with and trying to get a, a kind of an idea of what kind of plays we're going to be running uh. Uh, and I feel like you know it was talked about they got a little embarrassed but overall I don't feel like they were punished or like you know it was just kind of like a, all right yeah let's not let's make sure that doesn't happen again they got like a slap on the wrist then recently we have this whole deflate gate thing yep that just happened um same deal you know like i don't feel like and i feel like they did find tom brady i don't recall exactly what the what the outcome was but i think they did find tom brady was or the team in general was doing that was deflating footballs um <laughs> and they again they didn't get the punishment so like just jumping to my theory i feel like the nfl favors the patriots and as you recall the the falcons were ahead by like 28 points that year um last year yeah so yeah yeah i, I remember. feel like i don't do you i don't know well, i don't know what your opinion on this is but do you feel like the patriots are as dominant of a team to be able to come back from 28 points or do you feel like something else happened there like some conversation happened that caused the falcons to take a step back and not embarrass the New England Patriots, who are, you know, I, I don't want to say America's sweethearts because nobody likes them, but, you know, they're the team to beat, you know, like for them to be embarrassing them 28 to 3 at the half is like unheard of, especially for Tom Brady and his gang, you know. Yeah, I don't like to be a conspiracy theorist, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, boxing, whichever, even though it's very easy to be a conspiracy theorist and have these theories about teams getting paid off or just taking a step back and allowing the other teams to score some points. I it, I think it, it's like a combination of a lot of things. I do think that the Patriots have always been just that good because they've always had a good offense and we know what their defense can do. Um, Tom Brady is, well, he's Tom Brady, but I, I, I have seen that referees they they do show some uh favoritism towards the patriots and you even see it in basketball too in the nba remember when lebron was playing with the heat the refs always were partial to the heat especially during the playoffs and i I, you know what we'll never know (laughs) that that's just what it comes down to we'll never know what really happened that inexcusable blowout well, actually, what should have been an inexcusable blowout, blowout turned into an unprecedented comeback. We'll, we'll just never know. I'm pulling Funny for the thing Eagles. About that is, I think it's going to come down to the wire, honestly. Yeah, I do. I think it's going to be a good game, though. I'm hoping it's not a blowout or, like, an embarrassment. Um, I've been following, like, you know, I'm definitely following along. I've been following the Eagles, like, the road to the Super Bowl from the last game as well. More, more particularly since the last game to see how they're handling going to the Super Bowl. You know, like, you can tell when a team is too immature to be in the Super Bowl. You can tell if they're just, like, too cocky, too confident. They're just, you know, embarrassing themselves. They say the person who makes the most noise is the person that's about the the least when it comes to a battle or some type of game. Um, But I think they're they're well poised. There are a few players that kind of concern me that are, like, we're gonna kill the Patriots, and I don't like that. You know, I don't, I don't like the whole confidence, overconfident thing. But at the same time, I do feel like the rest of the team is poised. Um, I saw, you know, they had an interview with with Nick Foles, and they were asking him how he feels about it. And you know, considering that he's going to be going back to being a, a bench player next year, he's not going to be the starter, obviously, because Carson Wentz is coming back. How does he feel? And I just feel like the media is trying to put fear in their heart too, because you know. 
the Patriots are the Patriots. So, you know, but he was really well poised. He's like, hey, it is what it is. I was a little disappointed when it happened in the first time. But, you know, here we are. We're in the, we're in the big game. And, you know, I'm going to play exactly like I played last game. I'm not worried at all. I don't think we have anything to worry about. The way he handled that interview just gave me the confidence in, in, in him as a, as a leader. Because, you know, the, the quarterback is typically the captain. He's the one that calls the shots and makes sure everybody's doing what they need to do. He's in a sense, he's like the MC of, you know, of, of the, the, the offense. He's the one that's basically getting everyone together with Carson Wentz also on the headset, you know, calling shots, calling plays and kind of like giving him tips. I think it's just kind of a match made in heaven right now. Yeah, I cannot wait. And I'm excited for the game in general. But I'm also excited for the halftime show because Justin Timberlake is performing. I like Justin Timberlake. And I get to, I've been invited to um, family, family uh, members of uh, our extended family over here in Mo City. Uh, we're doing, they're doing like a tailgating kind of setup where they usually, shout out to the Red Toro tailgaters. They usually do their whole tailgating at NRG Stadium with the Texans during Texans games where they have the DJ, they have their their trailers and their buses, they break out the grills and stuff. So it's going to be like that, but at uh, at the person's house. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. Sliders, uh, burgers, all, you know, all that good stuff. What are your plans for the Super Bowl tonight? You're just going to stay home since you're a new daddy nah, and all? We, we considered it. We actually have waited until today to decide. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm definitely a new daddy. I'm still getting adjusted to it. And, uh, I think what we're good to go, we're, we're still getting, you know, accustomed to figuring out what exactly, you know, Mason is asking for, <laughs> you know, obviously the baby's <laughs> like, we don't know exactly what it is he's asking for. Sometimes we're just like, are you crying for no reason? We'll change his diaper. We'll feed him. We'll, you know, soothe him. We'll do all of that stuff and he'll still be crying. Um, but we, we kind of have it down to a science now. Uh, and we were seeing how fussy he was this week to see if it's worth us bringing him out. We also don't want him to be uh, kind of a killjoy. People are going to have fun at this Super Bowl party. And meanwhile, there's a baby crying the whole time. Um, but we decided today we're going to go to Suli's uh, cousin's house in, uh, in Jersey. They're going to have a big Super Bowl party. It's also her cousin's birthday. So it's going to be like a combination celebration. It's most... Most of the women are just going to look at the commercials and see Justin Timberlake. Um, Side note, I am happy about Justin Timberlake. I haven't been really satisfied with the Super Bowl performances of of late. So, you know. Yeah, neither have I. I think the last time I was really into it was when Beyonce performed, and that was like five years ago. Yeah, Beyonce was dope. Um, That was controversial, by the way, when she did the whole Black Panther thing. Um, Yeah. you saw her outfit at uh, the Grammys, by the way. She uh, she she kind of paid homage to that again. I don't know. It's kind of a strange time. I don't really like to touch on topics like that because um, it's kind of a, a sensitive time when it comes to certain topics. It comes to like you know like Black Lives Matter and um, you know the yeah, whole. Yeah, it's, it's just a very no. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's just a very. Um... It's a very tumultuous time in terms of the political atmosphere in this country. So sometimes I just prefer not to even bring it up. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. This episode is not focused on politics or, or anything like that. So I, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to go to that Super Bowl party. That should be fun. I actually invited my mom out, which is going to be a little weird because I thought Suli's parents were going to be there. Um, but it's gonna be mostly young people, so I'm interested interested to see how she handles herself in a young atmosphere. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Dee's making it out too. He's gonna hobble his way over here. You heard about his injury, right? Yeah, yeah. He told me. Shout out to D'Angelo. I'm gonna have him on this show too. We got a, a lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, by the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, D'Angelo is one of our good friends as well. Uh, keep him in your prayers. He had a really bad ACL injury. Was it an ACL injury? Officially? I believe so. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so he's in a long recovery process, but he's doing pretty well, so... Oh, you know, I don't even remember what I just asked. 
I can't stand these technical difficulties. Oh yeah. So uh, tell everybody about your your endeavor with Manu Sound DJs and what you do generally as a DJ. Oh yeah, so I own a private events company called Modern Sound DJs, and uh, I apologize for knowing right now. I'm actually doing some DJ-related work where I'm uh, doing the part that nobody talks about, which is the preparing for or after uh, an event. Is I'm in storage and I'm taking all my stuff out of my car, putting it in storage because obviously nobody has room to be storing a thousand watt speakers in their house, um, but. Yeah, I own a private event company. We do mostly weddings, but we also do Sweet Sixteens, Bar Mitzvahs. Yesterday, I had a private event. I did a party um, for a 40-year-old. Um, it was just a 40-year-old celebration. So that was cool. Um, I've been doing it for about on and off 15 years. Officially, officially, I've been DJing for money, that is, um, for five, uh, six going on six. Um, and I really enjoy it. I wish one day I could do it full time for the newborn and all. You know, you have to be safe with your money and your endeavor. So that's where I am right now. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it's amazing to see the progression that Modern Sound DJs has made over the last several years. I remember when you were talking about how you wanted it. When you were basically in, and it was in its infancy stages where you were trying to trademark the name and uh get some business partners and look for equipment and now to see that you're you're getting gigs just left and right on a more consistent basis and it's 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 even gotten to the point where modern sound djs has expanded to my neck of the woods right now over here in houston so i think that's pretty amazing yeah man we just opened up an office last year in houston it's just uh only one person at the moment we're trying to be really selective one thing about us is that we're uh, really more about trust than anything. We wouldn't hire some Joe Schmo DJ that was like, hey, I just started DJing and I would like to work for your company and you know, I'll charge you a hundred bucks for every event or whatever. I don't want to do that. I want, you know, what are the chances that I'm going to send this guy to a wedding or this woman? There's a lot more women DJs coming out now, by the way. Um, but, you know, I don't want to send somebody that's going to like, damage our image like Monosan DJs did our wedding and you know they completely bombed it that would be like really embarrassing yeah I can, <laughs> I can only imagine that yeah you can't just it's true you can't just hire any Joe Schmo they they gotta be they gotta be good they gotta be DJ Enigma as a matter of fact I'm gonna take this moment and I, I hope you don't mind I'm taking the credit for your damn name so oh, yeah yeah talk about that the backstory of <laughs> DJ Enigma was, it's funny, we were in college, we were taking a, it was a sociology, I, I'm going to say it was a sociology course, but it was a, it was a course called uh, Fundamentals of Leadership. Very interesting, very interesting uh, class, and it was, the, the basis of the class was to build leadership qualities within you. And to have you come out the class being more of a proactive individual than a reactive individual. And there was one assignment where I don't remember the, the exact details of the assignment, but you had to create a scenario where you solve the problem. And in, in my assignment, I just decided to use me, Eric, D'Angelo, and I think it was uh, one or two other people. And I just happened to call him Enigma. Because I was always fascinated by that word. Because if you don't know what the word means, an enigma is just like a puzzle or a riddle or some type of mystery. And I figured, you know, it's the first letter of his name is E. Just for the sake of the story, I just call him Enigma. Then Eric reads the story and he's like, yo, I like that name. I, I think I might use that someday. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. I mean... I'm not going to sue you. <laughs> I haven't trademarked the name or anything like that. Uh, I haven't filed for any copyright claims. But, you know, as it turned out, you ended up using DJ Enigma. That's that's your that's your thing. That's I think that's pretty awesome. But I'm taking the damn credit for that. <laughs> yeah, man, I do owe that to you. Um, my, my flaw with that, though, is I haven't been calling myself. Like, I haven't um, advertised myself as such. Since I became an owner of a company, 
um, I became the face of the company. So, you know, when people reach out to me, they call me Eric. Um, that's always been the case. So, you know, I, I, I do claim the name DJ Enigma. I didn't really do do well with advertising it that way. I did it for a couple of years. I created my own Facebook group, created my own like brand just a little bit before I opened up Modern Town DJs. But uh, I'm kind of flawed with that because when people say I DJ their wedding, they're like, I don't DJ my wedding. They don't think I have DJ Enigma, unfortunately. I wish I could change that though. If you had to think of a second name, what would it be? Or do you have an idea of what a second name would be? Yeah, I think I told you this before. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be on, 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 uh, on board with it, I don't think. But uh, I was thinking about DJ Eric B. Eric B. You know what my problem, my issue is? You're gonna, you're gonna be in for a world of <laughs> lawsuit trouble because they already is an Eric B. <laughs> nah, no, I know. <laughs> Wow, yeah, yeah. Like if, you, if you know Eric B and Rakim, the famous classic hip hop duo, yeah, you're gonna have a lot of <laughs> a lot of copyright officers and all that stuff, like knocking at your door. My goal in that would be collateral, you know, like people like incidental finding of DJ Eric B because if they Google Eric B, you know, I gotta come up in the, in the search findings. Yeah, that yeah. Who knows? Yeah, hey, take a stab at it. <laughs> but if if you make it big, and DJ Enigma becomes this rock star, I need ten percent of your <laughs> of whatever you earn. <laughs> nah, I've actually thought about that. What I want to do is, if I ever go like on a radio interview or some type of interview, I'm gonna say I'm gonna always give you shots to that because I would have never thought of that name on my own. I would have thought of some basic non-clever name like Eric B. Yeah, no, it's it's all good. Who the, the people who should get the percentage of your money is your son and your wife. I'm oh. only pulling your tail. But you know, I, I'd like a you know a nice one percent here and there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. What 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 do you notice in terms of musical trends these days? Because I know that I've had this conversation with lots of people. I'm getting older, I'm going on 30 years old this year you're going on 30 this month and i i think we're just it's amazing because we're seeing this obviously my phone is trash now nah, it's all good uh i i had discussed last time shout out to Kote howard i discussed last time how that's just that's just my gimmick for podcast for right now just the mid-sentence commercial breaks <laughs> commercial break would just interrupt me mid-sentence but as i was saying what do you what have you been noticing in terms of what people like because there's a huge we're witnessing a huge generational gap because we're both going on you know 30 years old and what what we think was or is hot because of what we grew up with is not the same as what someone who's a decade younger than us is going to believe is hot so what what are your thoughts on that like what do you notice in terms of trends what people think is hot what people think isn't hot funny that you mentioned that i actually was having this conversation with one of the guests at the party i did yesterday um and he was asking me like because you know sometimes when you do parties as a dj it's like you're pretty much assuming what the guests are gonna like you know like based on their looks based on the way they talk and act like you're observing the good dj observes the the guests from the very moment that they walk in the room right just to see exactly like all right this person and this is gonna sound a little fucked up but oh excuse my language it nah, it's cool this, this isn't really a podcast for kids it's all right <laughs> it's gonna sound a little messed up but you know i feel like a dj is the only field where you're okay to kind of stereotype okay to be a little racist or you know sound a little racist when it comes to music because if i walk in and i see like you know a spanish person i'm gonna be like all right there's a chance that i'm probably gonna play salsa i didn't get much out there something like that yeah. um so yesterday i had a 40 year old birthday party and i really it was such a mixed crowd that i really couldn't tell what the dominant music 
was going to be. Um, I played a little bit of everything. I played uh, hip hop. I played freestyle. I played. Um, the only thing is that the the person who hired me told me that she didn't want any Spanish music. So I knew that from the bat that I wasn't going to play that. But the guy came up to me. He was like, "Yo, you're not gonna play any of that new Lil Uzi Vert or you know some of that Yachty, some of that Lil Pump." And I was like, "Nah, bro. I just don't feel like." <laughs> just don't feel like this is the crowd for it and he's just like so how do you determine like he's like as a dj are you like biased like it sounds like you're a little biased i'm like i'm not biased it's just you know personally i don't like the guys like i don't i don't care for that type of music i don't care for this mumble rap stuff i don't care for the rainbow hair i don't care for care for any of that stuff you know like, oh boy yeah <laughs> i just feel like hip-hop was created a different way you know like um I don't think it was made to be that way. Well, I think, you know, every, like everything, the times change, you know, like I, I can't really say who am I to be like, you're not a rapper. You know, I'm not sure what their backstory was or I'm not sure what they were, you know, what they did. I'm like, I feel like I, I went on a hiatus for a while and woke up and all of a sudden music was different. Like I can't, find myself really like actively liking the music as a dj i should and don't get me wrong like if i have to play it i'm gonna play it and i'm gonna play it well and what keeps me motivated is the music the reaction i get to it not the actual song but if i throw on some little receiver like he has this uh this song i forgot what it's called but where he's like i don't really care if you cry when i play that song everyone gets crazy like that's what keeps me going and I just don't remember the part, the time when it changed, you know, like where it went from actual rapping to like just choruses and, you know, not really saying much in the song and just, you know, I can go, I can put earplugs on for each verse if, if I, I knew exactly which verse was and I put, I feel like that's what this generation is like, like they're looking for. You'll hear them sing the whole chorus in unison, then the, the verse will come on and it'll be like quiet in the room. It'll be strange, you know. Like I just feel it, like hip hop. It's weird. Yeah, it's interesting that you mention that because I've been feeling like that a lot over the last couple of years, and I think I don't want to say I'm out of touch. I kind of am, but I, I more I know more or less what the younger generation likes. And I don't know. I, I get the same feeling as you do. I woke up one day and music, well, hip hop in general, or hip hop specifically, I should say, just went from create creativity, lyricism, things like that, to a lot of gimmickry. You know, hip hop has always had its gimmicks, even from the '80s, because you know it, it is commercial music at the end of the day. Like you have to sell records. But there was, I just feel like there was just more creativity behind it. Even even 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there was more creativity behind it. Now I feel that every other artist that's coming up sounds too much like the one who came before him or her. And a lot of it is just based on them relying on auto-tune, catchy hooks, very melancholic production, very catchy production. The eight, 808 drums uh, are, are very popular. And everything just sounds the same. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not trying to sound like Drake, then you're trying to sound like, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't even know. But it just, <laughs> it's just totally different now. Yeah, I agree. So it's kind of strange. And then, you know, I never thought a day in my life that I feel like that old guy. Like, you know, growing up, we would listen to our music and the guy would come on. There's no specific old guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, that comes out of nowhere and is like, oh, you listen to You don't know, it's nothing like the music from my time. You know? That's how I feel now. Like, it's so weird. I, I never thought I'd be that guy, because especially as a DJ, you know, I'm supposed to be open to all music. I'm supposed to like that type of music. I'm what you call an open format DJ where, you know, I really don't 
play a specific genre. I play whatever's requested of me. So long as it's not too far fetched, like you know, it's like African music or Egyptian music, stuff that like, why would I know you guys? So why would I know that music?、Um, that type of stuff I stay away from. I like they ask me for it, but besides that, like, it could be hip hop and seventies, sixties, fifties music. All of that stuff I play.、Um, so you know, jumping into this new generation of hip hop, it's like. It's almost like I'm playing Egyptian music sometimes. But sometimes they ask me for songs, and I'm like, I've never heard of that song. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Like, I don't understand a what the appeal is.、Um, like at a party, I guess I get it.、Um, but like if I'm walking to the world, if I'm going to work and I'm listening to train, I'm listening to music. I just can't picture myself listening to like a little pump or a little Uzi Vert or you know I, all these little. People, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I'm not getting it. And, you know, yeah, I'm not getting it either. Everybody is a little something or a young something. <laughs> It's some. You know what? I couldn't even sit here and name you one little pump song or one little Uzi Vert song. I I, I couldn't do it because I just not into. I'm not into it. I like you said. I can see the appeal in the on the in the party scene. I just. I think it's it's just way too easy for people to get get、uh, get played these days. I mean, I'm two seconds away from going outside, start recording myself with rainbow colored hair, grills in my teeth, tattoos on my face, pants below my ass, and <laughs> rapping over a, a catchy snap your finger beat with some auto tune. And let's see let's see how many hits I get on YouTube. That's pretty much how it is, and also if you like. With these guys, these young kids that like this music, you can't really say anything because it's like, oh, you sound like a like a hater. You sound like an old head, like a a guy who you know doesn't understand. You know, this is good music. It's not the same. Like when they when they tell me it's not the same, I don't understand how. You know, if I put on like an older song, if I put on a big song, if I put on a Yeah, not to cut you off. I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but your your audio was breaking up. It was sounding a little faint and muffled. Better now. Yeah, yeah, much better. Because for for a minute, I'm pretty sure whoever was going to listen to us is like, "What in the world is he saying? My my phone is turned all the way up. I can't hear him." <laughs> nah, nah. Well, I was saying is that you know, if you talk to these young kids who who, who actually like this music, and the sad part is not. I mean, I guess it's not sad. I don't want to like be judgmental, but there's some people that are not young and they love this stuff. Yeah.、Um, I actually had an argument with、uh, somebody recently about the.、Um, The Freddy vs. Jason、uh, mixtape, and I'm like talking about how dope I thought it was, and it's cool to like get back to, you know, hip hop in its form, and you know, seeing Jadakiss and Fabulous on a collabo and on for a whole entire mixtape, and you know, hearing like actual well, lyrics. Well, correction, it's actually an album. It's an album, not a not a mixtape. Yeah, and and you know what's funny? It was originally supposed to be called Freddy vs. Jason, but they cleared the. They couldn't clear the rights, basically, to use those names, so they just ended up calling it Friday on Elm Street. And、oh, it's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's it's an actual album, which is、that's、surprising because like because the fact that it actually came out, it ended up coming out because it was it was heavily rumored for the past year and a half, two years, and you know, I was I'm glad that it actually manifested as an album. But yeah, but yeah. The argument I was having with my boy is that、um, he was like, "Man, I like the album, but." I just really wish that there were hits on it, and I'm like, "What do you mean hits? Because there's a different definition for hits these days versus what it was back in the day. Like, I do hear some songs in here that could be hits, but because of the standards for the radio for radio play these days,、um, obviously these wouldn't be considered hits. So it, it really depends on what you mean by hits. And he's like, "You know, hits, hits, like songs that like, you know, I can go back and play on repeat or like." 
I'm at a party, I can play. I'm like, all right, so now I understand what you're saying. You want something similar to what's on the radio now. And he's like, I don't know, but there's just no hits on this album. I'm like, and so I'm, it's kind of like up for debate because I feel like there are, and he feels like there aren't. But I'm, I'm like at a point where I told him, I don't know if they would have like had a feature, because there are features on the album. But no features that are interesting enough to, well, at least to this generation, to put on the radio, you know. And even with the the substance of the songs, I don't feel like that's ever going to be considered a hit to these to this new generation. It's just so strange to me um, that that ended up being an argument, you know. Like back in the day, I've been like, yeah, there's clearly some hits on him. Um, but nowadays, it's just like if there's no singy auto tune stuff. Side note, it's kind of weird because when Lil Wayne was like, was big um, back in our college days and I was just criticizing everything he did and I hated him. Now I kind of miss him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's ironic because I was never a Lil Wayne fan. Even to this day, I'm still not a Lil Wayne fan. Um, I get it. I I understood his appeal um, because he was putting out so much material and he was in my in my eyes he was more of a one trick pony because he relied too much on the punchlines and and uh, the one liner metaphors that was just his his shtick but yeah. it it resonated with a lot of people but at the at the very least he was rapping you know what i mean like yeah he would come out with gimmicky songs where he's just doing the the stupid auto tune or 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 just you know singing or doing the, a bunch of bullshit that i didn't really like but you fast forward 10 years later and i i you kind of miss shit like that because at the very he sounded coherent when he was rapping you know what i mean now it's most of the popular rappers besides kendrick lamar j cole and guys like that most of the popular rappers are just they either mumble rappers or they're just—I don't know—they're they, just too gimmicky. Like, there's no substance behind it. Yeah, it sucks. I don't. I don't. I can't really. Like I said, I can't find myself like listening to it on purpose. You know, I don't. I don't really want to listen to them, and their voices are annoying. Like even, you know, Young Thug, who's not even like that new. You know, like I still don't like him. He was on that Havana remix. That, that I don't know if you know that song, Havana. Um, I, I found myself listening to it yesterday in the car when I was looking for parking, and I'm just like, "Why does he sound like that? Like, and why is his name Young Thug if he sounds like that? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm so confused, like, as to what the culture, what the culture is now versus what it was meant to be. You know, like back in, you know, when hip hop was actually hip hop. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. It's. Hip hop has evolved and we just have to accept it because because we're older we might be a little reluctant as far as what to accept but everything changes man it's who it's like you said earlier who are we to say what hip hop should be or is we can make that argument until the day we die that oh what's coming out now is not real hip hop but you know what cats that were growing up in the 80s and 90s that was real hip hop to them. Then you know their cutoff point was like ninety nine, two thousand. So it's I think it's just a generational thing. What they're what they're what what the younger crowd is growing up with now is hip hop to them. But to us, it's just a more evolved, for better or for worse, a more evolved format of of rap music that we all love and appreciate. Which you know it's. It is what it is. I just got tired of trying to debate what's hot and what's not. I just like what I like, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting to that point. But you know when it really hit me that hip-hop has changed? Um, I think Lil Uzi, no, Lil, what's his name? Lil, Lil Yachty, he went on the radio, and they asked him, yo, like, let's do a freestyle session. I think it was on Hot 97. And they were like, yo, let's do a freestyle session. I'll throw on, you know how it works. I'll throw on a beat, and you freestyle. And he was like, nah, I don't freestyle. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean you don't freestyle? Like, you're supposed to be a rapper, aren't you? Like, He's like, I'm just not like that. the other rappers. I'm not doing what these old heads are doing. I don't freestyle. I write my songs and I make my songs and that's all I'm about. And <sighs> I was like so turned off. Like, what? You don't go on like... 
back from commercial, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you don't. Go, I don't feel like you go on a radio station, especially one as respected as High ninety seven, and you know, disrespect him and be like, I don't freestyle. I mean, that that type of thing should be established before you're on air. For you to wait till you're on air to just basically be like, I don't freestyle. I'm not these old heads. Like, first of all, these old heads are what made it like possible for you to be here in the first place. Second of all, like, what are you doing? Like, a freestyle. Anybody that knows anything about freestyles, a freestyle's not always off the top of the head. You know, like, exactly. A lot of the times, these are written, old written that they either spit already on a on a song or. They just never got a chance to put it on wax. Like that just that's when I knew hip hop changed. That's when I knew. Like I was like, all right, rap isn't rap anymore. Clearly it's not rap anymore because he has no rap to say. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I think the rap aspect of it is is kind of gone. I mean, they're only uh, maybe a handful of artists that I can call Kendrick Lamar, who is just like He's untouchable right now because he balances commercialism with art and creativity and substance, not to mention. Speaking of Kendrick Lamar, you gotta just talk briefly about that crazy, fame, now famous story that I mentioned a few episodes back when I had Carlos Salcedo that is on uh, on on AYNE. Shout out to Carlos and Carlito since 1988. Carlito's way since 1988. Go check that out on Anchor. Um, but I was having that conversation with him about how <laughs> when you you actually met Kendrick and you had a you were driving him from Rutgers University to go up to purchase for a performance. What were your what were some standouts from that that drive that conversation? Because that's just amazing to see Kendrick Lamar blow up to the level of superstardom that he's at now, and you pretty much met him during his infancy stage. Not literally but in his infancy stage of of being being a, a performer and an artist and things of that nature so what were some of the things that stood out to you with the conversation because schoolboy q was also there if i'm not mistaken right yeah uh, well i admittedly at that point um i think you had mentioned to me because carlos martinez one of our other college buddies had uh reached out to me and told me hey um because I was a member of, uh, well, the president of a club in college that we used to be, a, Lewis and I used to be a part of called Latinos Unidos. Um, and we did like joint events where, you know, other clubs would get together. Uh, we had this one big event called Culture Shock. Um, and forgive me if, if, if Lewis explained this in another episode, but um, so Culture Shock is basically a multi-day event where we have a bunch of artists come out and usually not that famous or borderline famous will come out and perform um over the course of three days i think it is um and kendrick was this was after we graduated uh kendrick was picked to perform with schoolboy q at our school and they needed someone So, that's a guy to drive uh, up and coming artists. Uh, I asked you who he was, and you told me. I, you know, I had never. That's. That's. Watch him perform. So, he was at Rutgers University performing. He had his little entourage there, including his producer and his manager, um, along with Schoolboy Q. And. So we didn't have to pay for that transportation. We offered to uh, go pick him up. So we went, and literally his life was in our hands. <laughs> God forbid, <laughs> there would have been no Kendrick Lamar or Schoolboy Q. Um, so that was kind of like, this, in hindsight, thinking about it now, it's freaky that you know I could have completely changed the course of history um, with that one drive. But they were really well. Thank cool. God you were. Thank God you were a pretty good driver. Shit. <laughs> yeah, no. There was one point where I was like talking to Kendrick, and I kind of swerved a little bit. And you know how they have those groups on the side of the road when you're coming off of the road too much to let you know that you're coming off of the road. Yeah. 
it's like, whoa, whoa, let's get there in one piece. <laughs> I was like, my bad. I was just like really into that conversation. And, and it was like, it was like really regular, you know, like it's not like I didn't feel like I was with an artist. I was uh, talking to them regular. We even stopped at Burger King. Uh, Kendrick and Schoolboy got a, a, a Frosty or something like that, whatever, whatever Burger King calls it. Um, we were just chilling. We were just hanging out. We went back to the school. Um, I even had a mini little argument with them because they were like, I was telling them how Jada Kiss and and uh, Styles P came to perform, and they were like, "Oh, those old heads are still rapping." And like, hey, hold up, hold up. You're not gonna talk about Styles P and Jada like that. Like, they're like the most consistent rappers in the game. You're not gonna say that. And that schoolboy was like, "Yeah, they, before they met me." And I was like, <laughs> um, Yo, that is that is amazing, man. You actually had Burger King with Kendrick Lamar at Schoolboy Q. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you heard the last part of my question before the commercial break, <laughs> but um, you there? I heard the uh, the Burger King. I had Burger King with uh, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, yeah, and I, th- I just think like it's, it's just incredible how you were able to just shoot the shit about all these, just have regular conversations who, with, with who were at the time regular people before they elevated to superstars to superstar status. Did you ever get a chance to take a, a selfie or any kind of picture with them? You know what? At the time, I didn't think, and that's this is like messed up, but I didn't think it was gonna be like he was gonna be this crazy of a star, you know, like. If I knew back then, like, had it been, like, Drake when he performed at our school, right. and supposedly that was, like, his second performance, um, I knew Drake was going to be a star. So, like, I, if I was, like, the one, if it was dri- if I was driving him instead of Kendrick Lamar, I definitely, and this is probably going to sound like blasphemy to most hip-hop fans, or actual hip-hop fans, um, I would have taken a selfie with Drake for sure. Just to say, I remember this. I was with him before he got this famous. Um, that's one thing I regret though. Like I actually walked with Schoolboy Q to the car because he had forgotten something in the car, and it was just like some regular stuff, like regular people stuff, you know. Like the, the freaky stuff is like if you would have asked him, "Hey, remember that performance I purchased college?" I'm pretty sure he wouldn't remember. Nah, because I'm pretty sure. And it's so far removed. That was um, wow. That was seven. That was almost seven years ago. This April. Seven years ago, so I'm, and they've done plenty of shows. They've had plenty of experiences. So I'm pretty sure they're not going to remember, unless you specifically say, "Remember when you had to get driven from Rutgers University in New Jersey to purchase college?" Then he'd probably be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, homeboy, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah." I think so, he might remember like the hotel that they put him in, because that's the one thing that I never told you is. A, because you know Purchase College doesn't have the biggest budget in the world um, they paid for his hotel but it was some rinky dinky hotel and I dropped him off there too and it was like so funny like <laughs> I was like this is where we're leaving our artist that, that's performing for us like it looked like some you know motel that you take like a stripper to to kind of get you know one or two off like <laughs> that's what i thought when i when i dropped them off there Cause it, they picked that one because it was close to uh close to the airport oh so, okay you know, I'm, I'm even surprised that he was okay with it and they paid him in like cash which was kind of weird too they were so i'm so used to them paying you know with a, a check or something like that um uh, the whole experience was just now that I'm looking at it, knowing who Kendrick Lamar has has come to be, um, it's it's just kind of freaky, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was there when he was like not that important. Yeah, you know what? That's a story for the ages. That's definitely a story that you share with Mason when he gets older. Yeah, definitely. When when Kendrick Lamar's name is like going down as one of the greats and. I'm like, hey, I drove him. I drove him from Jersey to Westchester County, New York. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Your, your son and my son, too. You're going to share that story with Tay, too. They'll believe you <laughs> because the same way we believed our fathers and our grandparents about stories, there were no selfies back then. We just took their word for it. But it all depends on the delivery of this story. Yeah, man. It's, it's crazy. It's uh, It was a good experience, though. 
I didn't know it was going to be such a memorable experience. And, you know, when I accepted it, I was just, like, happy to help, basically. Yeah, when I couldn't go, I was kicking myself in the head because <laughs> I couldn't go because a week earlier I flew out to Atlanta for WrestleMania. And I had used up my, my days uh, during my probation period. So, because I was only working part-time, and I'm like, damn, <laughs> that sucks, but... You know, it is what it is. I at least got to see him perform live before he blew up. Uh, it was like literally a month before Good Kid Mad City came out. So that was a real treat. But um, one last uh, question. What advice would you give to up-and-coming and aspiring DJs? People that are just really honing their craft at the moment and they're trying to make it big by getting some type of exposure. What, what's your, your, your advice or... Any recommendations or suggestions for those DJs that are coming up? Male or female, of course. Weird. I, I actually was thinking about this on my way to work last week. I... So, yeah, go ahead, man. What, what, what level of advice or how much advice or what kind of advice would you give to any aspiring DJs? I think... One thing that I wish someone would have told me is that people aren't going to support you as much as you think. Um, and that sounds like kind of dark, but I'd rather give real advice. Um, and what I mean by that is not everyone is going to be there to ask on your progress. Nobody's going to be, not everyone's going to be there to see, you know, if you need any help. Um, it's a hundred percent on you. Um, when I first started and opened up, when I started DJing weddings and, and events, um, that was for me to learn. But when I opened up my company, I a hundred percent expected a lot more support. Um, not that I don't have it, but it's really a, a more about motivation of self. Like you really have to be your own biggest fan. You really have to be willing to go the extra mile, staying up late, downloading music, practicing your sets. Um, a lot of like me being, uh, I guess, somewhat of a veteran DJ now, um, I, I, I look at new DJs and I'm kind of disappointed. Um, and I guess that's the trend of this conversation today is that I'm becoming an old head. Um, but what I mean by disappointed is that I see DJs like taking the easy route, you know, like there's a, there's a button that we, there's a sync button where you can match the BPMs of two songs in the, in an instant and press that button and you're good to go. You can blend any song and, you know, some, some controllers even lock it in that no matter what song you load up, it's always going to be the same tempo. So you don't have yeah. to do that extra work to kind of listen to it and make sure that it's matching and beat match and transition like accordingly. Um, all of that, I feel like if you want to be like a really good DJ, um, and DJs are under a lot of scrutiny. I can't tell you how many weddings that I've gone to where there's always that one guy or that one cousin or somebody that comes up and says, Hey, I'm a DJ too. What software do you use? You know, like <laughs> what song are you going to play next? Are you going to mix these two? Or they, they try to throw all of these dj terms at you to make to see how how much you know right like it's kind of like a little test and it, it kind of annoys me but it also keeps me on my toes you know like so when i'm preparing my music preparing my sets and um you know actually getting ready for events i i think i keep that in mind you know because i i really don't want to be caught off guard and it's kind of embarrassing to me to my pride to feel like i'm not what people consider a dj um, mm. But it's like with anything The same as our conversation about hip hop Is like The older DJs The older style of DJing Is more respected Because they actually had to carry around crates There was no hard drive You just You had to Kind of take You had to take the vinyl out Put it in its case Search for the next song you wanted to play In another vinyl Put it on Cue it up um, It was a lot yeah. more It took a lot more skill um, that's why I say you have to put in the work, you know, like gratefully, like I met DJ Spawn 
I met Dion at, at Purchase College and he let me practice on his vinyls. Um, and that's where music, you know, DJing was kind of making that transition from vinyl to digital because, you know, there were still vinyls, but you never had to change the vinyl. You, you would have the music on your laptop, on your hard drive, but the vinyls are still spinning. You still had to cue it up to a certain point. You still had to listen to it to find the right spot to start the song. You know, like it's yeah, it's absolutely. Lot, it's a lot more work than it seems. Some people think that DJing is, you know, just pressing play. You know, and it's a lot more than that. There's so much more. Like you heard me in the storage, in my storage unit right now, putting my musical, uh, putting my 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 equipment away. That's a weekly thing. I have to go pick up my equipment. I have to put it in my car. I have to make time for that. Um, not the storage unit. The storage uh, facility by my house is not 24 hours, so I have to take that into consideration. They they close at seven. I get out of work at five thirty. So, you know, by the time I come from Manhattan to go all the way to Brooklyn to go to the storage facility, I have to make sure I get there on time. So, you know, if I have a gig Saturday morning and I'm coming out Friday night to get my equipment. You know, it's a real like this is, I'm at a, playing a dangerous game where I might not even be able to get my equipment. Um, right. There's a lot more than just the music. It's preparation. It's, you know, just knowing your stuff. One thing I've been pretty bad at is keeping up with new music. And it's that's because there's so many outlets where music is coming out now. Um, YouTube music is famous now, if that makes any sense to you. Um, well, of course. People are making YouTube songs and they're not coming out on mainstream so like for me to know that song i would have to be following along with youtube channels and fame popular youtube posters and it's just it's a strange time for music but you know all in all i feel like it's kind of a blessing you know not kind of it is a blessing um but it's just a lot of work you know a lot of work a lot of motivation a lot of it can be times where you feel you know defeated where you know no one wants to hire you nobody wants to nobody trusts no joe smoke you know i don't know who you are why i'm gonna let you do my event well how do i know that you're not gonna bomb it um these are questions that i get you know so if you're gonna be you know if you're aspiring to be a dj it just takes that motivation and that you know that self-encouragement sometimes to just keep going and you know if you have that support system behind you as well you know, like I have Suli, I have you who always ask me about stuff about my company. I have, you know, a couple of friends who are really legitimately interested in my business. That's even, that's more of a plus, you know, like it kind of keeps me motivated. It knows that it encourages me to keep going because people are watching, you know, like yesterday I actually had a gig. Um, the guy who referred me to the person who hired me basically was giving an intro about me and my company to his girlfriend and i was just like wow he really knows a lot about my company and i've never spoken to him about it um <laughs> that's cool so to, to see that it's like you know it's motivation to keep going and it's hard as a as a beginning dj like a beginner dj because nobody like i said trust is important when it comes to these private events and if they don't know you um you're like on the your, your reputation's on the line you make one mistake and then the, the first thing they're gonna think is did i make a mistake by hiring this guy um that's where the practice and the preparation comes in so i would say like my biggest my biggest advice would be you know practice and preparation you know if you really want to make it that way that's very well said um yeah i, I mean it's it's a very fascinating time to get into music that's for sure because there are so many outlets where you can pick up on new music and then there's ones that you probably haven't even discovered that other people know about so the internet just makes it it makes it possible for an easy exchange of music but it also makes it easy i mean hard for you to actually find something that's that's good that'll actually stick with the public which is is pretty interesting but anyway, man, thank you so much for coming on, DJ Enigma, a.k.a. Eric Burgos, whatever you call yourself these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, but uh, thanks for coming on, and I look forward to having you as a guest in the future. we got a, lots more to talk about. We're probably going to have a lot to talk about after tonight's Super Bowl game, that's for sure. 
Yeah, man, I'm down to come on, you know, bar, you know, thinking about my schedule, but, you know, I'm always down to come on. I love talking to you. Uh, we always have long conversations and stuff. This was actually really cool, really relieving. I felt like I had a lot to say. Yeah, it was very therapeutic. It gave me an excuse to get out the house for a little bit. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting in my car, so. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm just sitting outside of a Starbucks wondering if I need this thousand calorie frappuccino. Yeah, you probably don't, but you know what? Enjoy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man, take care and have fun at the Super Bowl. Right, Send bro. hugs to them. Always a fantastic time to be able to chop it up with one of my best friends, Eric Burgos, aka DJ Enigma. Please go and support Modern Sound DJs if you're having a wedding, uh, Sweet 16, Quinceanera, whatever event. I'm telling you, you'll get your money's worth. And I'm not just saying that because he's my friend. He's he's actually very good. He's been putting in the work, honing his craft for the better part of the last 10 years. And I've seen how hard he's worked. And I, I respect his determination and his leadership role and his overall confidence. So I'm glad to see that Modern Sound DJs is working out very well. And I hope nothing but success in the future. As far as AYNE is concerned, are you not entertained? Be on the lookout for more content. And everyone, please drink responsibly and be safe while driving home from tonight's Super Bowl. If you do plan on going out, that is. But let's go Eagles. I'm not an Eagles fan, but let's go Eagles nonetheless. This is Lewis Mercedes. Catch you on the flip side. Peace.